You're listening to The Watch List, a podcast that shines light on Black-owned businesses that should be on everyone's watch list. We're your host, Tro. And my. And we're behind being this, that, and, and black. black. And we're sitting down with some hidden gems to talk about their journey into business and their impact. Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of The Watch List. Today with us, we have our dear friends, owners of Crown Scholars. Guys, how are you? Hey, good, good. How are y'all? We're doing good. Good. <laughs> okay, deep voices. Hey, no. I was like, I will scrub that out too, but that was good. I've been told I can have my own little talk show on the radio. I may pursue that later in life. You know, hey, back right. in the day, you know, when they used to do it on Sundays, the smooth arm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we guys know what you do, but for some of our listeners and our followers who may not know about you guys and your company, tell us about yourself and tell us about Crown Scholars. <laughs> no, my name is uh, so, yes, uh, my name is Ricky Townsend. Uh, I'm the uh, COO for Crown Scholars. I'm also from 9 to 5. I'm a, a middle school math teacher um, for DISD. Okay. Awesome. And my name is Michael Coleman. I am the CEO of Crown Scholars, um, and my 9 to 5 is in HR. I do recruiting and staffing, um, as well as teach on the college level uh, adjunct during the summer and spring and fall semesters. So, Always busy, always doing something. Um, but Crown Scholars um, is a new nonprofit that me and Ricky started. Uh, we just launched it this year. And it, the premise of it is to holistically develop middle school age black boys uh, to not only give them the academic preparation that they need for high school and beyond, but also those life skills and those, you know, just just those uh, conversations uh, and whatnot that they may not get in the classroom or at home, uh, just to better prepare them for their futures. I love it. I love it. So you said nonprofit. So uh, are you guys a curriculum that is in a school district? Or are you an after school program? Um, tell us more about it. In that. So Okay, got you. Um, so um, with Crown Scholars, it's going to be an after-school um, program where um, it's going to be um, like four to six. It's going to be two hours. And so to add on to what Mike said, um, with um, we have a curriculum that we created. So we kind of like curriculum writers. Hey, um, and really with nice. that, um, there's uh, the first hour that we're going to be with the uh, scholars. Um, it's going to be uh, talking about their academics. And so, like, what do you need help with specifically? But also we having having something that aligns with what their teacher is going to be teaching. And then the second hour is going to be um, that uh, healthy habits um, portion where we're just diving into conversation and doing things that we wish that we would have got at the middle school level. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what the curriculum looks like. Um, and it's... Um, a 32-week curriculum, so 16 weeks in the fall, 16 weeks in the spring, and um, our hope is that um, that we're going to see the kids for three years, so we have a full cycle with them, so sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade, and just to be able to see their growth from sixth to eighth grade, um, I know, like, being in the school system, like, that's tremendous growth that you can see, and being able to access their, like, different things. Yeah. Excellent, and honestly, like, I- 
just thinking about your company, I love it, <laughs> especially targeting young black men, you know what I mean? Especially in today's society. For me personally, I feel like black men sometimes do get left behind as far as people caring <laughs> at a younger age. You know, women will come out in numbers, but sometimes I feel like it's lacking mm-hmm. when it comes to young men. Um, so my question is for you. So what made you actually want to target this specific group of men, uh, young boys in middle school? Why that age group? So um, I can. So we originally, um, to be honest with you all, we were we're going to be politically correct at the beginning because it was like, oh, let's focus on boys of color because they like that sounds great. Um, but then we was like, why? Like Rick and Mike, like, why can't we be more intentional about the age group that we focus on? We're both the young black boys. And so then we just we took the unapologetic route to like, hey, like this is a need and if we can't be real with ourselves. Um, then how do we expect society to be real with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and also just to add on to, to that, so this idea originally uh, came from me and Ricky watching Black Girls Rock, that award show that comes on, like- BET. Uh, and we're like, yo, we should make a Black Boys Rock show. Like, Black boys do dope stuff too, so we should have a show for the Black boys. And then we're like, nah, like, how can we just be, how can we go go bigger? How can we do more and have a more lasting impact beyond uh, a one-night show? Um, and so more conversations, more dialogue came about, and then uh, eventually we came to Crown Scholars, and then just like Ricky said, we got uh, very intentional about, you know, Black boys, about the age group, and about all that stuff to where this is for sure a need in this specific area, and we're not going to deviate from that at all um, until we tackle this this issue first and then expand from there. Man, that's amazing. Um, tell me how how important to you as individuals, as educators, is mentorship, because I think that's something that's lacking. I think the statistics are skewed when they talk about Black men being in the home. I think I know plenty of black men who are in the home and they're in um, a presence in their children's life, but also know some who are lacking and I'm an educator as well. So I see it on both sides. Um, But tell me your views on mentorship, because I love that there's an hour of your curriculum where you're pouring into these, um, these children, what they may not be getting at home. Um, for me personally, I mean, I'm a product of being a mentee to numerous mentors, whether it was through sports or spirituality or just like education. So I would not be the person that I am today had it not been for those men that took the time out to talk to me about, you know, things like tying a tie or how to interview properly, how to network. So all those things that you are, that you're really not going to learn, um, in the classroom because of the standardized curriculum you have to get that elsewhere and so we have to have people who want to take that time out and it's and it's 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 intentional time it's not just oh let me you know go serve for an hour on the weekend and take a photo and say i did service right no 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 it's 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 the mentorship that happens that's not on social media you're not telling folks about it it's those late night calls it's those emails it's those like helping people write their resumes it's all that stuff that people really don't don't see, but you see the end product of, of the student who grows up to be the best that they can be in whatever field of uh, of endeavor that they're looking to go into. So that's my take on it. Um, I take mentorship as like um, a sense of accountability and like we're doing life with each other. 
Mm. Um, more yeah. interesting enough, um, Mike and I, that's how we started off like our relationship um, through Mike being um, at UTA. They, ha- they have this program called uh, UTA Host and they paired me and Mike with each other. Didn't know each other. They just paired us up based off of pretty much like the things that we're both mutually interested in. And right. so um, that's, it's really crazy that like a mentorship program as such has led us to be best friends, accountability partners, um and just we we just do life with each other now we're business partners i think that that's um speaks volume to like a mentorship that was let me say they wasn't not intentional but i think it wasn't as intentional as it probably could have been because it was just like oh i'm a freshman mike's um mike is an upperclassman let's pair them um and so like with mentorship just think about like if that was very intentional um where like people know each other or people are growing to know each other um i think mentorship is very um key and also the thing about me and mike that works really well is um mike comes from like a two-parent household where i was raised in a single parent household and so we give two we give two different lenses of life that we look through um Mm -hmm. and so for me when it comes to mentorship like i was just blessed with the opportunity to have different men that was be able to pour into me um with me kind of like my father not being there through like my middle school years right right okay you we i'm an educator rick you're an educator and mike you're an educator as well so from that aspect i know that it's it's a different statistic for me but you guys are the two percent and so, and especially you, Rick, you're at, you're in the school, seeing the population that you're trying to cater to uh, through mm-hmm. uh, scholars. Um, what can you tell me about what it's like to be the real 2%? Like, I mean, I'm not the real 2%. I'm a black educator, but I'm, I'm female. And so what is it like um, being on the other end of that now as an educator once, you know, someone like you would cater to through current scholars? Right. Um, so what's interesting, I've actually had a phone call um, earlier today um, and they were saying like overall like educators, like there's 7% of black educators. So just thinking about that, like men are 2% and women are 5%. Like that's just really crazy. crazy. And overall, 80% mm-hmm. of um, the educators are white. Um, mm. And then like the other, 20, the other 20% of people that identify as color. And so um, what does that look like for a Crown Scholar? I mean, what does it look like being like the real 2%? Um, I, at first I thought like, oh, like me being a black male educator, I'm only going to be able to impact my black students. And for sure I impact them. Like, like we, we can talk like the language. We can talk like the, I think it's culturally, um, relevant teaching is very important. And Mm -hmm. so like culturally relevant teaching is pretty much like, um, if Cardi does have the latest song come out, like let's incorporate that in math because what's it, what's going to then happen um, is then like they know like oh it's Cardi I then got their attention they then know yeah. they're they not even doing math anymore uh, it's like I'm doing something that I'm passionate about and I think that's where um, as a black male educator um, I'm very intentional about and so also a lot of times within my school not a lot of times but this year I have been um, kind of like being able to do discipline um, for teachers that uh, possibly that just can't and teachers and students just seem to res- respect me because like it's a black male and black men in general just come with this sense of like 
I like sense of confidence, sense of yeah. like yeah. I'm going to own the space. And I've I'm never rude any of my I'm never I'm never rude to my students, but it's a different respect that comes with a black male. And I think yeah. students know that indirectly or directly, and they don't disrespect me, but they'll disrespect any other person within the building. But when it comes to a black male, there's a sense of like, I can't do this to Mr. T, because that's what they call me. Right. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I was actually watching a show and all those those statistics are really mind-boggling, especially for me on the outside in. But they did a study and asked a bunch of students, they actually prefer black teachers. So it's kind of interesting how, even though that's the preference for these students, that's not what's actually being given. Um, so my question is, basically, when you guys have been working with these students um, and these young men, has there been a breakthrough moment for any one of you that makes you think like, wow, this is exactly what I need to be doing and been impactful? So we so we currently um, haven't worked with our current crown uh, crown scholars yet because this is our first uh, pilot year of actually mm-hmm. getting the program um, off the ground. But I can speak just from my personal um, experience working with both middle school age as well as uh, college age uh, students, specifically black boys. Um, just and kind of to add on to what Ricky said about the whole respect thing, uh, students do, it seems like they tend to respect uh, black male educators more, but also it's just like being in the, in the 2%, you're, 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 you're not just a teacher, you're a counselor, yeah. you're a coach, like you're a mentor. There are so many hats that you indirectly have to wear that you really cannot take off just because like, you know, some, some students need you and they need you in specific ways um, that other teachers cannot, um, cannot give them. Um, but I mean, just seeing, seeing a student go from point A to point B, like I worked with a student at uh, LSU who honestly, like he, his reading skills, like what were not up to par, um, you know, just didn't really know about how to budget money, how to interview all this stuff. And so to see him go from, like just needing so much molding to now, like he's graduated, he has a great job, um, being super successful despite a lot of obstacles. Um, just seeing that, you know, it's possible to happen and like, you know, we have a peace in that person's life. Cause like we're, we're legit d- dealing with lives here. It's not just education. It's not just about the grade. It's about life beyond um, where they are now. So um, it's a very fulfilling, but a very challenging yeah. uh, position to be in but honestly I wouldn't want to do anything else like full-time full-time uh this is this is it for me like this is this is a true passion for myself as well as Ricky um and so yeah we're just trying to grind it out (laughs) hey can I read one of these letters to you all um yeah that a kid wrote um I just um just got it and so um I forgot what the question was the specific question was but we had asked them two questions just to be able to get like some feedback on like what it means to have like a black male educator mm-hmm. and so um one student said i think as a black male i would need a male role model i never had a male in my life to even to even stay they always walk out as a student i think i should stay away from all the negative vibes and get my education um, and that was just something that, and it was like other pieces of letters that kids wrote, but, um, this is something that a kid wrote and he's just saying like, no one has never been consistent yeah. um, in his life. And we know that just whether it be anything, consistency is really key. 
Um, if you're consistent with your studies, you're more than likely to pass. If you're right. consistent with your spiritual walk, you're more likely to like be in the world. If you're consistent with X, then Y would happen. And so mm-hmm. for the kid just to say this, um, it goes to show that there's a need um, and that he and kids want it. That's the thing. too. Yeah. Kids, would not, kids would never tell you that they want it. Um, unless like you actually ask them to write something, but they're not going to ver- verbally ever tell you that I need your help. Um, because then we didn't have to um, deconstruct of like how we were brought up. Like, I think a lot of times we were brought like, oh, you're tough. And as a man, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, but a student is crying out for help and he needs this. Mm-hmm. Um, just really goes to show that um, that a male role model is needed. And on top of that, this is a student that identifies as African-American. Just imagine mm-hmm. if he has a, african-american um male that's consistent in his life um there's a lot of research that we know that shows that like the chances of them going to college is more higher and the chances of them dropping dropping out is much lower mm-hmm. i love that i love it you have listeners who you know are interested in being entrepreneurs education is important as well but also being owners of something um as you know creating generational wealth is something we want to encourage as well so if you don't mind me asking, just on being an entrepreneur, like, have you guys always wanted to get into education? Like, what was your plan at first? Um, and then what kind of made you redirect um, to getting in this direction? So I will start because I know I'm probably the most like jagged so I was in advertising first my major was in um, advertising at at UTA and then I worked in advertising for like two years and then I quit my job I went back to school for higher ed masters um, and I worked in higher ed as well as K-12 for a few years leading up to now Um, and now I'm in HR um, still doing education and now doing the nonprofit as well so um, all that to say, like, don't think that your original plan is always going to work out because it may not. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, things may redirect, but honestly, just staying uh, prayerful and steadfast during that whole journey is what kept me sane because there were times where I had no idea, okay, am I going to get this job? Should I stay in this field? Should I do this? Should I do that? But it was legit just God saying, nope go here, go move to Memphis for eight months. Cool. Got, got that back to Dallas. And then Crown Scholars like blew up as soon as I moved back. So like all this, which is very, very intentional um, on God's part. So if you are spiritual, um, you know, I would just make sure that you have that as a foundation um, to guide your career as well as other aspects um, of your life. But especially being an entrepreneur, you better have some 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 type of foundation because <laughs> this stuff is not easy. It is you go to your nine to five, then it's your five to nine doing your entrepreneur stuff, and it is it's rough. I'm I, I'm not gonna lie. Like me and Ricky have had a few arguments, um, <laughs> about a couple things, but you know we are still here. Um, but yeah, that's that's my take on that. Um, and to add to that, um, I think so. For me, um, I knew. Um, so I went to school for finance, only went to like it. And, um, mm. and <laughs> I think like one... <laughs> <laughs> and so I think with that, um, I went to my dorm room. This I followed 2011. I failed um, macroeconomic my first macroeconomics exam. I went to my dorm room, I cried. I was like, God, like, what's up? 
um, I need an answer because like I know um, I'm like a first generation at the time first generation college student and I was like people are looking for me to be successful um, and I just can't fail people um, and I think a lot of times I know I think a lot of times sometimes we go to school for that as like African Americans that oh we gotta like we have to be successful for our family yeah and right. so um, with that I was like well, I was always told if I go to college, like do something that you're passionate about. And so at the time I was volunteering with the Boys and Girls Club uh, with NAACP. And knowing, I didn't know it at all that I was going to love it. And so I seen myself within the kids and like the kids were struggling with math. And I was like, while I'm really good at math or they were struggling with reading. I used to be that kid that struggled with reading mm. and I see myself within the students. And that's when I knew that education was for me. Um, I heard about entrepreneurship, but I really didn't know too much about it. I just knew that she was on boss. Like that's all I knew. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Mike said, it's for sure challenging. Um, like conversations as such, like um, before I got on, I was like sleepy, but now I'm excited because like, I'm talking about what I'm passionate about. Yeah, right. When I have conversations as such, or whenever I'm able to kind of like meet with someone to ask about what is Crown Scholars, um, I get a new set, I get a new sense of energy. I mean, I yeah. think it's all because like, this is purpose driven work. Um, I don't feel when I when we're doing it, mm. it doesn't feel like work. Um, yeah. And it's one of those things that I'm just truly blessed with being able to occupy a space that I love. And um, like Mike said, it's hard work. Um, but I think when you're passionate about something, it's like, when we had our arguments, it's like, okay, what's best for kids? At the end of the day, you have your opinion. I have you. I have my opinion. What's best for kids? And what does our mission say? Are we, are, are we aligning to what our mission says? We have a great board of directors that also hold us accountable. Um, Amen. Yes. Um, what's going on? How can we best suit? And it's every on board of like what's best for our young black boys and when you keep that in mind as an entrepreneur um like you said i think uh, the first question is the why why is very important if you don't know your why yes you're out here doing you're like literally how the song says like you're doing things for clout and we don't do things for instagram likes granted like the yes that's going to come because the work that we're doing right. but if we did not have if we did not have instagram if we didn't have social media this work would still be done because it's a need it's a dire need for our society and also a need for within the community that we serve. Oh, that's so good. You touched on this just a little bit, but I want to expand on it a little bit. Obstacles. So by the time I see, we teach different age groups, but um, like you just said, talked about like almost like relearning a lot of things and to give them the, compa the capacity to put what we really need to put inside of them. And so mm -hmm. what are some of the obstacles that you either have faced in your um, individual careers um, that could possibly come up with Crown Scholars or do you seeing that being an obstacle for you guys because of the generation, the way they're being raised um, or lack thereof, to be honest. So um, can you touch on some obstacles that you think you might encounter? Um, I think the, I think the, for sure it's going to be like, the consistency of a male and I can just speak to that for me um I think I don't remember I don't recall like maybe like lashing out quote unquote to speak um when I was in school but I'm pretty sure like when I did get to my adult age I was like man like 
I wish I did have like my dad that was there. Um, crazy enough, my dad is back now in my life, and so like that's great. But I'm just thinking about what if he was there through like the the prime years that I needed right. him. And so I'm looking. I I look forward to anticipate um us having to be able to break down walls of um student uh, or for young males to feel that they can't feel like that's taboo um and or you're going to be less than of a man that you have feelings um and i think that's one thing that i'm excited about actually um because i was a student that thought like this man i can't cry because if i cry yeah. then what the, what's going to happen they're going to label me um probably as gay or they're going to label me as this but that's not true like we have to redefine what a man is a man can cry um but a man is going to also he's going to cry but then he's going to get it he's going to like feel those feelings but then what's going to happen after that he's going to think of a plan to make it work right. um, and I think a lot of times we just immediately go to I'm going to make it work and we forget that first step and it's like you you are human you are allowed to have feelings as well and so that's an obstacle that I'm looking forward to I mean I know it's going to be hard um, I know yeah. we're, we may not get a year one um, but the prayer is by year three with them um, that they will then see like man like I can feel and I don't I can be labeled as this um, but I'm not this. And I'm able someone to be able to um, manage their emotions, which is a healthy habit. I can manage my emotions at an earlier age. So that way, when I do get to college and things don't go necessarily my way, I remember when I was in Crown Scholars, they taught me how to manage my emotions. And now I'm able to be more successful than the next person that didn't manage their emotions. Right. I, I love that you said that a couple of weeks ago in Bible study at the end, um, uh, my young adult leader goes, anybody have any prayer requests? And this uh, young guy, he's obviously in his 20s, and he sat there and said, he said, just pray that I learn to receive love well. Like, mm -hmm. I think that, and he was a black man, and I think that's something that if we can start at middle school, by the time you get to be his age, you ain't got to be asking God to help you receive love well, because you've learned to manage your emotions mm -hmm. at a, you know, 10 years, <laughs> 10 years earlier. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think you're definitely meeting a need that is so desperate in um in our community to be quite frank. No, absolutely. Because yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I, I love this because it's going to truly unpack a lot of layers. You know what I mean? It's not even just the educational part about it. It's about truly learning ourselves. And, and that mm -hmm. that's really inspiring. I, I love this. We talked about entrepreneurship. Give us the best advice you were ever given. Oh, um, let me see. Ricky, you're so funny. That's the best I was ever given. Uh, I, oh, I got it. Okay. <laughs> so, I think when, um, so it was, um, he's like, yeah, let's go with it. He's like me and Mike's um, mentor. His name is Brandon. He used to work like at, um, at UTA, um, for a few years. Um, one thing that he told us is like one, make sure that y'all when when you start this, um, because we gave him the idea when we were like in undergrad. Once you start this, um, know that it's bigger than both of you all. And so if y'all ever get into it where y'all have a falling out, know that you have to be certain about this work. Um, because if you're not certain about it now, because like like I said, we're not doing things for likes. We're doing things for lives. And if we just so happen because we're too prideful to apologize to each other or we don't meet a deadline um, because maybe um, we forgot about it, um, we're now 
affecting a life. Yeah. And that's what Brandon said is that you have to think this is way bigger because if we make one misstep, granted, like um it, it it'll all come back together and work. But it's one of those things that like if we can prevent it down, we have a life in our hand. It's not just about me and Mike and our boards. It's about like this young black boy that maybe didn't eat last night. And we can't we can't we can't get over whatever we're talking about because of whatever it may be. And now we're not now now we're not meeting our mission. Now we're not meeting the needs of that we said that we're gonna meet. And so I just was told that it's way bigger um than ourselves. And kind of like how we're all in Greek letter organizations. Like when we said that we wanted to be um an alpha, a kappa, or a delta, we was like, I want something bigger than myself. And it's the same exact thing. I want crown, this is bigger than myself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. I, if I, I have nothing to add. <laughs> you got to add to that? No, like that was perfect. I was like, let me just go get my tissue now because I <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was good. Oh, goodness. Okay, and we just have um, really just two more questions for you all. So, what time y'all Bible study? Okay, like okay. <laughs> 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 um, Tuesday at 7. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll be there with y'all. <laughs> no, no, really, again, I, I definitely want to thank you both for joining us today. Um, just for our listeners, how can they get in contact with you guys and follow you and things like that? oh yeah hey follow us on crown scholars <laughs> on instagram facebook you know now i'm joking but no um but uh, on instagram you can follow us at crown scholars and on facebook as well twitter all social media outlets and then um our email address is crowned uh 214 um at gmail.com and then you can just follow us on there um, and then if you have any questions, if you want to connect us with anyone, um, and then if you can just, we don't want to tell you our personal page because like, we don't want to get our followers up. We want to get our crown followers up. And so yeah. that way you can yep. see what we're doing within our community and that way you can be a part of. And also if you just like want to connect with us, that would be the best way. So that way we can serve Dallas together and just <laughs> serve our black boys. Um, because once again, we know that there's a need. Um, and the hope and the prayer is that Crown Scholars is meeting that need um, on a micro level to eventually make it a macro level. Uh, thank you to you all for first of all having us and then um, just um, supporting our mission and our vision and just, you know, this uh, this dream that we have that we are trying to make it become a reality. Like it's it's for sure not easy, but like like we've talked about, it's necessary. Um, and uh, having the support from uh, folks like you all is, of course, like we love that, love that, love that. So thank you all like so much for No, of course. And we thank you guys, too. And, you know, honestly, that's why Troy and I started being this, that in black is truly to start elevating different black owned businesses who are ultimately going to impact our community for the good.